When I was reading this, I thought to myself, so first you're just you're enjoying the content. Yeah. It was great. But when you start thinking about industry, mm-hmm. well, hold up. Let, let's start the episode. Let's, I want to say this on the episode. Okay, okay. Let's get into it. Are we ready to All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wow, wow, wow. I cannot tell you how excited we are right now because in the building right now, we have a person to our left. Let me tell you something, ladies Goodness and gentlemen. Hold gracious on, golly wow. Everybody, let's take a moment of silence. <laughs> Not a moment. Listen. So in the world that we are living in right now. Yes, yes, yes. There is a program called the MacArthur Fellows Program. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Of course. We all now, know that. It's also known as the MacArthur Fellowship. Yes, right? yes, yes. Okay. Now, it's colloquially known as the uh, the, the Genius Grant. Yes, the right? Genius right? Grant. Of course. And so it's a prize awarded annually. Uh-huh. Uh, and... It's typically between 20 and 30 individuals yep. uh, that are uh, working in any field who have shown extraordinary originality yes, uh-huh. and uh, yes. dedication in their creative pursuits. That's right. Innovation. Mar- innovation. Yes. And it's marked by the capacity for self-direction. Yes. Uh, and they have to be a citizen of the United States. Of so course. the nationalism is tied there in there as well. Of course, it has to. It wouldn't <laughs> America going to America. Would there not, it is. Yeah, it would not America going to be America. Listen, it would not. Yeah, you cannot be. But well, we mar- must admit, America is the greatest country in America. <laughs> we do have to admit that. Go we ahead. We cannot give you a genius grant if you're not if you're not from America. Yes. yes. Um, but according to the foundation's website, right? He went to the, a whole website. The, the, the fellowship. We for this. The fellowship is not a reward for past accomplishments, but rather an investment in the person's originality. Yes. Insight. Yes. And a potential. Yes. But it also says such potential is based on a track record of significant accomplishments. And the current prize is about, I think, $800,000 uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, paid in five years, like in installments. It used to be like 500 k I think they raised it up to 800 k gotcha. gotcha. But all I'm saying is I'm saying that to say that in heaven, I think that there is going to be a... MacArthur Fellows Program. I think so. Absolutely. Now, it's not going to be called that. It of might course. be called like the Yahweh, the Pauline yes, yes, or the, Fellows Program. The, 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 Michael, the, the Michael, the, the, the Ar- Melchizedek. Ar- exactly. Yes, uh, right. I, you know, yes. I, I don't know. Kaya, that, right. for sure. It could be any one of those things. Sure. But I think that in heaven, there's going to be that kind of grant program. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And I think that when we get to heaven mm-hmm. and the angels get up on the heavenly stage and yes. they start saying, we are going to try that. We are going to announce to you all yes. who is going to be the recipient of this grant. And there's only they, 30 they, of all they, eternity. Yeah. And wow. they say, listen, only 30. there's only 30 <laughs> yes. in eternity, but I think one of the angels- Did you might, have the 144,000? <laughs> that's a whole different thing. That's a whole other thing. The, the, this that's is the a 30. Whole, this, is all, this is a 30. This is right. And I think that as the angel is, in, is saying that, Michael, yes. the archangel is going to come up and whisper in his ear and the, and the angel is going to say, Michael just told me there's only- one. Oh wow! <laughs> Y'all tripping, right? <laughs> and as they, as they have, the he's gonna, he's, he's, he said, he said, he said, there's only one, right? They're gonna ask, the they're gonna ask David to come up and open their envelope, John, yes. and he is gonna open that, and it's gonna say, it's gonna say Esau, Esau McCullough. <laughs> Can I, can I make a request? I'm just happy to get into the kingdom. Uh-huh. I'll take the 800,000 here and just go into glory on the side. No, that's like, right. Like, I, I just want to be yeah. I want to be in there. I already, yes. I already know a war. Which is exactly what you would expect someone like you exactly to say. say. He's going right to say, now, I'll take the 800,000. That's the reward. And then if, when I get in heaven, God can just make me the garbage man. That's what he's going to say. Of course. And so, but I think that that grant is going to go to him. Yes. And then we are going to have someone else come up. Yes. It might be KB. And he's going to say, God just told me that the theologian in residence in heaven, in heaven. is Esau McCullough. Is Esau McCullough in heaven? In heaven. 
heaven. He's going to be parsing not only the Greek and the Hebrew and Aramaic. He's going to be parsing the heavenly languages. Then, We're talking tongues of fire. And then Paul is going to come up and say, man, I thought, I mean, 80% of the New Testament, I thought that I had something going. <laughs> I was but the stuff that you, <laughs> I thought I was snapping. But the eight, stuff I that you was, was writing bag. in New York Times <laughs> and then reading while black, Paul's going to say, reading while black. I, I read that a hundred times and I'm not even black. <laughs> <laughs> he was tan. Paul's, I mean, get- <laughs> Paul's going to say, that's a foreign concept to me, Esau, you when I was here. Yeah, <laughs> Let me try to buy food in I Alabama. I never thought a Gentile could write like this. <laughs> but brothers, and I sisters. just want to say, brothers and sisters, we are we welcome our brother Esau McCulley. Make some noise for my man. Make some noise for the man one time. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Welcome. I really appreciate it. That was way too much. <laughs> no, no, it was not enough, bro. It's I remember. Not I remember uh, when I wrote uh, my first book. Uh-huh. My pastor uh, Charlie Dates put a Shout put an Charlie. endorsement on there. I said that's too nice. I didn't even post it. Really? <laughs> it's on the back of the book. It was really? too high. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't share it on social. Like I don't know if I deserve that. That was what? way too much. See, and, and again, was what you would expect from him. I was like, because, and let me just say one last thing, uh, Doctor. Uh, as I, there's only a few people that I that I listen to, and they're profound. How profound they are. Their ability. Their their insight. Their genius is so. It's so powerful that it becomes distracting. And it makes me begin to question my own humanity. Let me tell you something, brother. I wrote a little book called Dangerous Jesus. <laughs> that I, endorsed. Book. And, 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 I endorsed it. That you endorsed. And I don't know how you endorsed it. Because you must have been reading this thing like, man, this young man has a long way to go. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't I, I, I wrote do that. this little book called Dangerous Jesus. And as I was writing it, I, I, I wrote, I mean, I think I wrote the book in like three months. And I was, I was like eight hours a day, like in, like out on the patio writing, feel like I'm getting in my bag. I'm yeah. using the flowers of rhetoric. Yep, I'm talking uh-huh. alliterations and the analogies. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, rappers need, rappers need to, to write more books because we can bring the poetry that these gay ain't doing it like this. Cats ain't writing like this. Brother, <laughs> you opened it. <laughs> I opened up your newest. I, I mean, we, we got reading while, while Black read that, but also I, I have How Far to the Promised Land here. And as I'm reading it, I said, God, you love to humble your people, don't you? <laughs> you love to take those that feel like they are standing and tell them that they're not standing at all. Because you are one of probably three authors that I read that when I read them, I say, why am I trying to be an author? All, I need to give all my ideas to him and let him write the books because this man is not just some, you know, contributor, okay? Yeah. This man has perfected the art of putting books together. With culture and perspective yeah, and insight true, and theological weightiness, yeah. it literally is and flowers of rhetoric all in one, all in one. Yeah. It's beautiful to read. It is powerful for the soul. And I, I know I, this is. I know we do these these big intros, but I am not joking. No, we've y'all. talked about this with each other. I, I, I'm you. you I, we we always try to honor our guests when they come onto the show, but which we will continue to do, and we mean what we say, even though we right. use yeah. Uh, humor. Yeah, yeah. But I am dead serious right now. One of the best writers alive that God has given us, okay? And writer to writer. Now, I mostly write records, but I am a writer. Is this man that we have on our podcast Mm -hmm. right now, Esau McCulley. Mm -hmm. This is, you will not be able to put this down. It is moving. It is reading a movie, bro. That's what it feels like. that's what it felt like, yeah. And uh, so we are too honored to have you here. 
and also grateful that you're on our side, brother. Yeah. Um, I'm Amen. glad that we got the, the penis because if you was writing for the enemy, bro, there might not be no Christians in America, bro. You know what? Y'all come for me. If I'm ever tripping, you come for me. I, select, I was actually thinking about, I was, I went on a run yesterday and okay. I start, I like save certain songs for certain parts in the run. Sure. And like the last half mile or whatever, because I'm slow. Hey, okay. as long as you're going, is, you is, 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 the, is actually the song Daddy from your, uh, from your really? latest album because it touches so many of the same themes yes, in the book. Yes. And I was like, man, I hope nobody, I mean, I hope everybody listened to it. I said, but they listened to that song, they might have got the book. I mean, so it's really interesting yeah. to think about like uh -huh, how, yeah. how much um, are the different things that God has gifted us to do because I feel like the music that that, that you give me is the soundtrack to my writing. Oh, I love it. Mm. And so mm. the, the song came that out after, just came after, yeah, I, that's after, good. after I had finished, after I had finished, the song came, I heard that song after I had finished the book. Yeah. Huh. But I was like, man, I wish I had had that. But I listened to yeah, you. Yeah, so anyway, so thank that's you. powerful, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got Esau here. I know it means that you are, you chomping at the bit. No, I, yeah. Can I just say one no, thing? Do, do, I want to ask do this whatever, question before do, we get man, going. do your thing, bro. So we, we know Esau McCullough as the, the, the theologian, um, the public thinker. You know him from the Atlantic. You know him from New York Times. You know him from his best-selling books. Uh, my question for what we know you as in what you do in this book, it seems like this is the most transparent work you've ever done. Oh, yeah. Oh, by yeah. far? By far. What went into moving from... Now, so you're, you're helping us think through the issues of the day mm -hmm. yeah. to now using your own soul in some ways. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, in some ways, it's like... I think a lot about music, even though I'm not musically gifted. And, like, different artists can use different rhyme patterns, different ways of communicating. Sometimes they sing, sometimes they rap, sometimes the meter changes. Right. And so when I approach a topic, I'm asking, what do I need to do to communicate the message that God has given me in that moment? Yes. And so when Reading My Black came out, I felt like the culture was going through a, a moment where they're saying, is the God we serve a friend and not an enemy in the pursuit of justice? Ooh. And so... And do we have to read against the grain of the Bible to, to, to find justice? Or is the God of the Bible on the side of justice? Wow. And so I felt like there was a lot of African-American Christians in particular who wrestled with that question in light of the stuff that was happening in the culture. Right. Yes. And so I felt like we needed a theological argument in that moment. Yes. But I didn't realize it at the time, but you, you, you fast forward seven to eight years, and the question, the, the issues aren't really as theological as it used to be. Yes. They're experiential. Yes. And so we've gone through some things, really, in the, in the course of those same five to yeah, seven years. right. And they're asking, given the suffering that I've endured, is it still possible for me to say that God is good? Message! And so in that kind of context, you don't come to people with a bunch of Bible verses. That's pastorally insensitive. It yeah, could yes. be, right? Yeah, yeah. Some people aren't ready to hear that. Right. And so if you you might be surprised because if you read Reading My Black, it's all Bible. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's like no, other than like the um a few places, there's almost no Bible quoted in the entirety mm -hmm. of How Far to the Promised Land. Yeah. Because I felt like there, there was something that could be revealed in the telling of my story. Yes, yes, yes. That might be universal. Because sometimes the other thing that happens is people meet us at a certain point in our lives. Yes. And they extrapolate back from that point of our lives what we've actually been through. Ooh. And so they kind of say, oh, he's a Christian because Christianity works for him or her. Yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. kind of slid into right. the kingdom. They have this success or whatever. We kind of say, oh, that's why they're Christian. Yes. Right, right. And, 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 and it could be like we're saying God is good because of the current situation that I'm in. Ooh. And I want to say, well, no, no, no. God was actually good 
all the way back from the beginning. Come on, right. Sir. Through generations in my family. And so when I say God is good now, it's in the entire context of the life that you saw lived. Ooh. And so what I really want to say is like, how far to the promised land is really the depiction of the work of God in the lives of my family over generations. Yeah. Right. And the fact that even if they don't get to what we might consider like this place of material success, God was at work in them and that work itself is beautiful. I love it. And so God, maybe yeah. I'll put it this way, God isn't only beautiful when we get what we want. God is good even in the midst of the struggle, even if we don't arrive at this place. There's this verse, there's tons of verses that, are, that float around in my head. Uh-huh. They're looking for a city whose building maker is God. Right, right. But they didn't get there, right? Yeah, like, right. like, they didn't get yep, there. Yep. And so, in some ways, the book is about the, the, the depiction of different people in my family who are journeying to a city. Yes, yes. And it's my observing that journey and in some places participating in it. And so I really wanted to show um, through that. And I maybe I'll, I'll put it this way. I've been, this is the way I've been, good, I, I kind of figured out how I want to explain it to people. The book that we all think about is these famous conversion stories. Right. right? Um, Surprised by Joy. Like sure. yeah. C.S. Lewis yeah. in Oxford. Yeah. yeah. Being evangelized by some of the greatest writers in human history. Yes. Right, right. Right. And right. we all kind of go, this is me. Like, bro, no, Tolkien ain't evangelizing <laughs> yeah, you, bro. Tolkien is writing you letters yeah, like, personally. Right, yeah, that's right. not, that's not. So in other Tolkien, words, right. but we read that story and we say, oh, that's how somebody found God in Oxford. Uh-huh. But I said, I didn't find God in Oxford. Right. I found God in Northwest Huntsville. Come on. And the world that God came into in Northwest Huntsville was anti, had anti-black racism. Right. So I, I, have to, I have to describe the racism that existed in the South so you can understand that's the world into which God came. Right. I had to describe family trauma so you know that's the world into which God came. God right. didn't come to me after I escaped all of that sure. right. and say, now I'll listen to you. Right. He was there. And so people go, why are you talking about racism in the book about it? Because... When I'm asking, is God good? I'm asking, is God good given what's happening to us right now? Yes. yes. And is God good given the ways in which happening to us right now? Because the book spans three generations. How, given the fact that this, this problem that I'm experiencing happened to my grandparents. Right. Mm. Happened to my great-grandparents. Right. Yes. And so, for at least for a certain kind of black Christian who's coming to God in the South, God has to come into that broken world. Yes. And so how far to the promised land has to depict that broken world yes. so people can understand that's the world into which God entered. Because sometimes right. we just think of God as simply an intellectual problem. Right? Sure. The only, and, and so like, it's, I'm saying, that's what I want to say C.S. Lewis is such an interesting story because that's what we think it means to have a conversion experience. Yes, yes, yes. Basically in a white context, struggling with existential questions. Yes. Right. And I was like, well, what does it look like for God to come to into the life of a young black boy in Alabama yes. whose dad isn't around. Right. Come on, sir. And so that's the reason why I talk about the reason that I felt my story is important because there can be a sense in which we feel like our settings aren't the kinds of world into which God enters. Yes. Right. right. And we have to go to another world to find God. And so I was trying, I was trying on, to, sir. I was trying to depict that in through the form of my story. So it's, I mean, I could, I could use a thousand different analogies. Mm. It's the same thing about like Joseph. Right, right. Joseph comes to, to God, makes sense of God in the context of family, familiar betrayal. Yeah. Family yep. played him. Yep. And he, and he's in a context where he's under consistent surveillance and oppression. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being mistreated, being yes. falsely right. accused Absolutely. of stuff. Right, yes. And he has to make sense of God in that context. Right. And Joseph's like, most of Joseph's story, he isn't talking about God. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. right. He 
he he he kind of when the woman comes, he says like I I didn't he like I'm not gonna play my god right here. right uh-huh. right. But then that's it. You get to the middle part. He kind of goes, oh, I didn't do anything to get into jail. But he he just talking about I'm in jail. I'm innocent. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. And so, but when you get to the end of his life. He goes, he gives a theological interpretation of the entire thing that's unfolded as a narrative. So true. He goes, well, you meant for evil. So then he says, what seemed like a haphazard series of events, he came to recognize as God's work in this life. (gasps) But if you just read it, it's like, man, he got betrayed by his family. He, you know, he goes to jail. He gets put out of jail. He's like doing this. He's doing yes. that. It just feels random. That's right. Yeah. What well, could be theological? Yeah, but then at the end, and once you have that theological meaning, you see how the whole thing works together. Yes. Because right. if he isn't falsely accused, he doesn't go to jail. If he doesn't go to jail, he doesn't meet the person. He doesn't meet the person. You see, you see the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the family doesn't betray him at the beginning, his family dies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the entire thing begins to make sense, but you got to get to the end of the story. Yes. And so how far to the promise thing, in a sense, is is an unfolding of things that looks a little bit random. Yes. And, like, you have to get to the end to kind of see, yeah. like, the thing. Hopefully, hopefully, if people like the book, and yeah. it's it, amazing. Cl- it's it clicks great. in the place at the end. Yes, yes. it yes. definitely does. I, Man, one of the things that I think is a continual theme um, in the book, I, I, I think there's one uh, part even in the in the jacket that says... Uh, what does each person struggle to build a life regardless of outcome teach us about being human? Yeah. And one of the things that I think that <clears throat> we don't talk about enough as Christians, at least from the circles in which we came from, is how messy people's lives in the Bible were. Yes. So, the, I mean, when you think about mess, we may just, you may think about David and Bathsheba or yeah. whatever, you know, some of the big things, but you, we don't think about the mess as like, I, I, th- I think I was talking to you one day and like, what does it mean that Lot offered his daughters to the men of Sodom. Yeah. 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 What does that mean? Yes. What, how, do you, how do we think about Abram sending Hagar and Ishmael away? Yeah. And then God finding her. I, I think the Christians fundamentally misread the Old Testament. The mm. real question you would ask yourself is who is not a mess in the Bible? Ooh. In the Old Testament. It's all, I mean, it's all over like, the place. No, no, like, seriously, like every last one. And, and so the whole, and so what, what the Bible actually depicts in the Old Testament is an impending catastrophe often like thwarted by the intervention of the goodness of God. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Over, over and over and over again. Yeah. And yeah. so you see character after character after character who are, are mess things up. Yeah. You go through the kings, you might get like, Josiah, like right. if you start just running through the list, and so what? And what? What is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of that? Right. It's because we're looking for an actual real king in the kingdom, mm-hmm. and God's like, I'm going to show you like what happens when y'all in charge of stuff. Yes. Right. I'm not going to let you completely mess it up because I got a plan. So he, he intervenes to right. save us from catastrophe. But you see in the story like these broken characters, but even in their brokenness, and this is the tricky part. You're not excusing the sin of the right. Bible characters in the Bible or the sin that we have in our day. Uh-huh. Clearly. We're saying that each person's life and the struggle to find meaning is important and reveals something. Yeah. So a, a a person's life can be instructive yeah. either in what you should do or in what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people assume that the characters in the Bible are always instructive in what you should do. Uh. Instead of saying, you know what? What I ought to learn from this story is I don't need to do that. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And I don't need to defend or minimize. Like, every couple of years, we argue about David and Bathsheba. Uh, yeah. 
Because we're trying to somehow like rescue David. Like David, David's reputation ain't what we're trying to save. It's Uh -uh. the glory of God. Right. And so you can say, no, what David did was foul. And that's the point. That's the point. That's the point. Would you also make that argument for my brothers and my distant brothers and sisters that are caught in the manosphere right now? So you got these 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 dudes who are advocating for polygamy again in ways that that are new, especially for ethnic folks. Okay, it's so the, I, I, if you're out in Utah, yeah. but it's weird for me to hear a bunch of brothers that are that are talking about yeah, you know, having a harem, and then you have a lot of what they would call uh, pick me, yeah. you know, yeah. sisters. So that I would say, say I would yeah, say I want to be a part the of the Bible. Usually, but then they you. point to the Bible. What do you say to that? I mean, first of all, it's theologically unserious. And yeah. sometimes you got to say stuff. People, it's like, it's the same as like, weed is from the earth. It's like, it actually sounds deep until you press the issue, right? right? right you know, yeah, yeah. lots of things you can make from the earth that can kill Absolutely. you, right? right. Like, like cocaine. Like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, from the earth to Columbia. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But it'll kill you. But so one of the things I would say is like, if you actually, this is what I'm saying, you read the narrative. Yeah. There is not one time, and I've said this on, on mics across the country. No one's emailed me back. There's not one time in the Bible, where you see people with multiple wives and it goes great. It never it's does. Good. It's like, always a mess. Said, nobody, nobody, no, you never Little see them Johnny's saying, like, catechized. I love this. Like, like nobody, like, in, in other words, there's always drama. Yep. There's always drama. Always drama, always mess. And so they conclude, sometimes, like, the, the narrative of the Bible teaches you by what you see. Mm. And so you got to go, this is a mess. So yeah. you get to the New Testament, they kind of go, you know what? We're not going to do this no more. Yeah, <laughs> right. But not only that, not only that, if you look at the actual redemptive scope of the narrative, in the beginning, right, so when, sorry, I'll, I'll try not to go full, I'll go full Bible because no, I'm, I'm a Southside Rabbi. Southside Rabbi, Southside Rabbi, baby. So let me, let me speak about this. They come to Jesus, right? This is in the New Testament. And, they, and they're arguing with Jesus about divorce. Remember this? Yep. Right? Under what circumstances can a man divorce a woman? And they have a passage in mind, right? So they want to do proof texting, right? Right, right. Like, like we hear the verse, interpret it. Jesus said, I'm not going to sit here and argue about your verse where you chose the ground of fighting. He said, actually, to talk about marriage, you got to go to creation. Ooh. He goes, in the beginning, it wasn't this way. So he goes to the Genesis narrative. Uh-huh. In the Genesis narrative, they, he's talking about divorce. He said there was no divorce in creation. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I'm not going to argue about, like, divorce, we understand. It's a different context. I'm not saying if you did divorce. I'm, that's not it. It's right. an analogy. Sure. Yeah. But he says, in the beginning, so he says, rather than looking at the exceptions to the rule in Deuteronomy, yes. look at God's intention in Genesis. Right. So when you then begin to ask yourself, what was God's intention in marriage? Yes. You get Genesis. Yes. Right? And begin. And so in Genesis, there's no polygamy. So where does polygamy come from? It's a result of the fall. Yes, 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 yes. And so everywhere you see polygamy, you see the manifestation of human fallenness. That's right. Hence, as you go through the narrative, it's always a train wreck. It's not Um, like David has a bunch of wives or Solomon has a bunch of wives and he stayed committed to Yahweh. He actually gets a bunch of wives and he becomes a heretic. Uh, Absolute heretic. So so in other words, I need a proof of concept. That's right, that's right. Where does it work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, it's so interesting. The the even the open marriage thing, which kind of is a cousin to this. Yeah. Oh idea yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It is a cousin. I remember people would proof text Will and Jada for years, man. I remember all the time, all the time. Say, it's working for them. It's working for them, and we couldn't say no. It never works. It, it, I, everything I know, it never works. I, I don't really know what's going on there. Yeah. Right. I don't know if they got some special grace. <laughs> right. Uh, right. They, they may have found some some hidden apocrypha book that right. perhaps. <laughs> It. It, it, was, it, was, it told us that it was okay in these certain situations. And maybe first Maccabees. Nah, I, first, I don't know where it found. It ain't nah, in my I, Bible. I've read Maccabees, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it ain't going to help you. But man, what you see happening in the culture right now is how evil that institution of opening up 
the 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 covenant for anybody to take part in. I think I it think I think I think that we are struggling with despair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this is when I talk about one of the one in order to be a Christian. Yeah. In order to be a Christian, what God actually has to do is to convert your imagination. He has to be able to picture the the life with God as beautiful and good and worthy of pursuit. Huh. And that is how you live. It's not even about like how much Bible you know, because you can grow in your knowledge of Bible over time, as long as you're saying, whatever little bit I know, I'm trying to live that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when, for whatever reason, despair sets in, and the vision of the life with God becomes seemingly unsustainable or no longer appealing, then we start to say, well, what are ways in which I can make life livable? And then we pursue different ways of, of making life seem livable, and even when those ways hurt us, we don't necessarily stop to reconsider our actions. We say, okay, here's another way to manage. Because we're all hurting. Right. Right. And like the different ways in which people try to manage the pain. And so what I try to do is look at the hurt or the disappointment that led people to go down the road. Yeah. And, it's, and to be truthful, like there's lots of ways in which the church didn't do a good job of teaching us how to help healthy relationships. Yes. Right. And the failures of those things lead people to all kinds of mess. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens is... And this is maybe I'll put it this way. Just because someone can articulate your pain, it doesn't mean that they can necessarily fix you. Ooh. And so what people can do is, because this is common grace, you can look in the culture and see. Satan is great at that too. This brother spitting though right yeah. now. You can look Satan at the culture and say like, this too, is yeah. the pain. And so once someone articulates your pain, you sometimes listen to their solution. Mm. But doctor can come to you and say, hey man, I think your ankle's broke. I don't need you to take three pieces of broccoli. Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> that don't have, that, that I don't need work. you to take these iron pills. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So, like, but what? <laughs> so, what I think happens? People get on these on these um, podcasts and they start talking about frustrations that we all may feel, and then uh, we can resonate with that. We can we resonate with that. that part. Yep. But to be honest, some of that <laughs> I don't want to get too deep in it. But some of even the stuff that they resonate with is like borderline misogynistic. That, like, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, true. bro, well, you should you, you should be it, co-signing this that's part. Right. No, because it's a misogynist listening to a misogynist. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's it's, yeah. It's, like, true. it's true. It's true. My man is yeah, right, yeah. right. Like, bro, that's like all y'all need therapy. Yeah, everybody, everybody. <laughs> right. You, you miss me on the pain part. Right, right. Like, you miss me. I didn't. I didn't identify at the beginning. Right. 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 But I can see. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I talk a lot about um, where I grew up, and where I grew up. It's 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 so it's so interesting the intellectual community that shapes you. Yeah. So when I when I when I'm when I'm growing up in Huntsville, the people around me are like you could be a Christian, mm-hmm. right? But the nation of Islam was in Huntsville, mm. and so the nation of Islam resonated with people precisely because of where they talked about black oppression, right? And so I could say I, I'm not going to join a nation, but I understand the kinds of things. It will lead people yeah. to kind of say, but then you get into the nation, you find out it's anti-Semitism in there. You yes. find all the other stuff that's in there. Yes. And so what they hook people with, and once they get you in, they begin to manipulate you. And so for me, I have sympathy for people who go to these black nationalist groups because I understand the kinds of frustrations that they experience because I experienced them too. Sure. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is, maybe this is, of course, right? I think the answer to your frustration is Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, that he actually can critique the things that you're upset about, but also critiques you. Yeah, like one 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 of my. Um, oh, it's funny. Like you Take talk about you talk about the favorite parts of the book, but they actually the favorite parts of your life. Mm. There's this part where I talk about um, my conversion. Um, I'm, I, I've gone to college and I've read all the books, 
And so I know about, you know, um, humanism and yeah. all of these things and these kind of intellectual critiques of structural racism. And I knew all the stuff, right? Yeah. And I had all the tools that, that critique society. It's tell everybody what they had done wrong to me. Yeah. But I recognized that those same tools were limited in their ability to analyze me. And what, what, what brought me back to the faith was that the vision of Jesus allowed me to take both my own sin and the world's sin equally seriously. Ooh. And then that the grace that was that was shown to me was always a mediating factor. Yeah. What I mean by that is whenever I just want to fall completely into anger and frustration and rage and say, y'all, forget all of this. Yes. It's always what God said, he didn't forget you. Mm. And so I have to always leave out this possibility of change. And so for me, what I want to say is to, to, to be an effective Christian artist or writer or thinker, actually have to articulate the real problem. This is where people resonate. Yes. Oh. This is where you, you, you can't lie about what's going on. Yes, right. Yes. Hence the discussion of racism and family trauma. Yes. But then you have to say, okay, now that I've articulated what is wrong and you resonate with that, I'm going to explain to you how Jesus is the solution to that problem. Oh, I love it. And then at that point, let them decide. Yeah. Right. Like if here's the Jesus solution. Yes. And here's the misogynistic solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick. Yes, yes. <laughs> you pick. Yeah. Who has the more compelling Yeah, who has the right. most compelling Because yeah. I am comfortable with saying, I can just present to you that which changed me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if I've done that with integrity and I've not manipulated you, I've been as honest as I can. Yeah. Which is why, and it's not, it's not taking everything back to the book, I, but I, wanted, oh. I want you to understand like why I wrote things in a certain I way. I love right. it. So there are parts in the book where God is not mentioned at all. Yeah. Whole chapters. Yeah. Because at the time I wasn't thinking about God. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just living, right? Yes, you know, like yes, you sometimes yes. you just living in the South. Like right. police pulling up. I'm not praying to God. I'm just like, man, why does police officer pulling me over? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, but that depiction of that frustration of being a young black man in the South who gets pulled over for driving while black consistently. Yeah. That is what I experienced. Yeah. And that's the anger that builds inside of you. My dad. It's another so you, you have these yeah. things that are at war within you. Yeah. So that when God comes into that story, God comes into that story. I love it. And I think that I think there's a lot of people who, at least when I was taught, is we we kind of we we edit out the difficult parts of our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say, oh man, God is good. Yeah. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. Like, how are you blessed and highly favored? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're, we're heading towards um, Thanksgiving. Yes. And like, I don't know what's, what's going to come out, maybe after Thanksgiving when this comes out, but we're recording before Thanksgiving, breaking the third wall or whatever. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and yes, I'm going to have a dinner with my family. Yes. And I'm going to think about my blessings. Yes. I'm also going to think about the people who I used to eat Thanksgiving with who aren't alive anymore. Mm. And to be a Christian is to say that God comforts me in that pain. Yes. Not just that God gave my family a nice meal that we can now yes, share. Yes. Right. It's better than the, the meal that I had when I was a kid. Yes. And so I guess I guess what I'm saying is like I got I got tired of just be honest, man. Come man. on, man. <laughs> but I, man. I, I want to tell, tell the, truth. the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Yes. And, I, and, and maybe and I'll put it this way. Tell the truth once you got a handle on the truth. Yeah. What I mean by that, there was a long time where a lot of the stories that are in the book, I couldn't, I couldn't find God in them. Sometimes mm. you just go through stuff and you just survive it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're not really ready to talk about it because when you talk about it, like the story takes over you. Sure, right. sure. And you can see the person is just actually just processing stuff. Right. Yeah. And you gotta say, I want to let you process it, but I don't actually get any. Like I'm, I'm more ministering to you as you process than I'm actually being blessed mm. by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to get to the place where it wasn't just a showy display of what I, of trauma. Right. But it was a way that I could tell the story and bend the story to God's purposes. Mm. And so when I say, like, be honest, it doesn't mean that everyone needs to share their story. Because you can cut, sure. you see places where people are sharing stuff, you kind of go, bro, this ain't. held on to that one. You're like, yeah. we're not ready. You, no, you weren't ready. Like, they right. weren't, you weren't they, ready they, to, you sh- weren't yeah, ready yeah, to yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. You, don't, you don't have it. It's fine. Like, it's, it's not buttoned up. Stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but you're in process. Yeah. I, I think, I think um, one, of, um, one of the people who I've met in this, like, kind of Christian world recently, it's someone, Rachel Den Hollander. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. yes. Love her to death. Love, her, love Rachel. And, and her but she went through a real trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she talks about that trauma for the sake of ministering to other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's because she, she still has an ongoing, I mean, like everyone has to deal with the Sure. But she can do that. It doesn't mean that every survivor it has to or is ready to tell their story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that even she was immediately ready to share that story. Right. There's there's a process of spiritual healing. Yep. Yeah. And you get to the place where you can say, okay, I'm now ready to talk about this in a way that I can use the evil that happened to me to do good in the world. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's, when I say be honest, that's what I mean. I'm not saying overshare. Yeah. I'm not saying it should be your responsibility to share. But I'm saying yeah. that if you got to the place where, and this isn't like some kind of weird God, God ordained this thing so that can happen. It's saying yeah. like, that which didn't destroy me can become my testimony. Mm. And sometimes you get to the place where all you can say is it didn't destroy me. Mm. Right. And yes. for a long time, the events that happened in that book were simply things that didn't destroy me. Yeah. But I finally got to the place where I felt like, you know what? This can actually become a testimony that's useful to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, th- maybe this is me tripping. I don't want to get in your business. Yeah. But can I? I'm allowed to ask questions. Yeah, yeah of course. Them. So, I mean, do you think that you could have written that song, Dad, in your first record? No. No. I I feel like I needed, I needed time to process the wound. Yeah. I also needed time for. This is crazy. Let me just say this real quick. I love that this the 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 angle of this book is really showing how God's goodness doesn't recuse itself yeah. when bad things are happening yeah. or yeah. unexplainable or tragedy or or just bad <clears throat> systems. God's goodness isn't waiting for things to be great and then he's good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. I have experienced that in my own life because I there are things that I would curse that happened to me that I kiss now. Yeah. Okay, so I, my parents divorced. I found myself daddyless for a long time. He kept my, my, uh, my, I had like a, a stint where my dad would show up a little bit. Uh, started talking about child support. My man disappeared like that Homer Simpson meme <laughs> into the bushes. And I thought I was fine, brother. I was like, I'm 16 now. Like, yeah. Then I found Jesus, and mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sitting around here worried about that my dad don't call me, or yeah. I don't have a daddy that I can... And even when I was around my friends that did have dads, yeah. uh, none of them, I didn't feel jealous or yeah. nothing. It wasn't until I was 27 years old, and uh, I was with Hameen, actually. Mm-hmm. We were preparing for a hurricane, and his family and a few other families came went to my house 
uh, to to uh, shelter in place because we had we have yeah. hurricane shelters, or excuse me, hurricane shutters. Yeah. And uh, Amin and I are outside trying to put these hurricane shutters up, and uh, I realized that I had never climbed a ladder before in my life. Twenty seven years old. And we had to climb high too. It wasn't like it wasn't like climbing. <laughs> and, a, and the hurricane's coming, y'all. <laughs> That's right. I was yeah. like, hold up. So is somebody supposed to hold the bottom? Is it supposed to yeah. be this shaky? Because yeah. if you had never climbed yeah. the ladder before, it moves. Yeah. We, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so me and I mean taking turns going up three steps. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And then getting off. We got neighbors walking by that because we're doing this outside, outside we trying like, no, to get I don't all need no help. Up. I yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I got to the bottom. I was like, man, I got three families here. Me and I mean never been up a ladder. Man. It's my responsibility to make sure these, these shutters are up. And I said, let me call my dad. And I broke. My heart broke into a million pieces because I said, I can't call him. And then that was the start, brother, of yeah. an unraveling, a three or four year unraveling that yeah. other sort of like uh, surrogate fathers in my life as they begin to fail me and yeah. hurt me and as life developed and I didn't have uh, uh, the, the, the dad to help me, but I also didn't have the dad to be proud of me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm building things and accomplishing things, getting plaques and awards, and I can't feel it, bro, because the, 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 the approval that I was looking for was never going to come. One of the things that was interesting when I when I put I said drop I'm talking I'm not, too many artists. Um, hey, when, you when, are an artist, so you can use it. When, when reading my black came out, I don't want to say too much about the timeline, but reading my black, I wrote it after my father died or in the context of my father's oh. death. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so when I got to the end of the book and it was time to write the dedication, the dedication to reading my black is actually dedicated to my father. Oh. And it says, this book is dedicated to my father who died before we ever got to see our name in print. Whatever else I am, I remain your son. Now, for years since Reading My Black came out, the people who've read that have said, wow, you and your dad must have had this great relationship. It must have been amazing. But it was actually not. We didn't have a relationship at all. Mm -hmm. But that was me saying, I forgive you mm. in, in the beginning of the book. And so when people say, like, why did you write How Far to the Promised Land? It's like, bro, I was actually writing that book. Like, in other words, I've been writing that I've book. I've been writing that book. And like the eulogy that is described that opens up How Far to the Promised Land occurs in the context of Reading My Black. Like, so like, although Man. Reading My Black is written, it comes out in the opposite. In my life, my father dies, and then Reading My Black comes out, and then like all of the public stuff happens after that. Yeah. And so he didn't see any of it. He just he dies before any of this happens. Yeah. And so there is a sense in which um it, it's an incomplete story. Yeah. Oh. There, you know, it's it's the first chapter. It's the first opening story. My father dies on a on a on a um on a uh, truck driving trip. Yeah, coming back from California to Alabama. Like, if it wasn't if it wasn't my actual life, it would sound like a movie. Right. It, a brother it who says I'm he he's trying to come back. Yes, man. But he dies on the way. Yes. Like that whole idea yes. of like. He's trying to become that which he always was, yep, yep. but he runs out of time. Yep. And if there is yep. actually a hidden warning, like there's a hidden warning. Yes, don't, don't, there make, is. don't make me go too yeah. deep into the book. Yeah. Like the final, like when I, when I talk about he ran out of road. You the, did the, say that. The point of uh, that is like, bro, y'all need to go home. Because mm. like it opens like with the road trip. Y'all yes. need to go home while you still got a chance. While you can. Yeah. Because we think we think that we have all of this time. And people always ask me, like, would you have written How Far to the Promised Land if he hadn't died? And I was like, I don't know. Huh. Because I don't know how our story would have ended. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, like, maybe there's no book because we have this... I don't know. Sure. But, like, he just... He he literally calls my mom. Yeah. Like, when I tell y'all this stuff actually happened... Yeah, it this, feels this, like a movie this, when this you're reading a movie. it. When yeah. I say to you, my mama was going into the movie theater with her, with her, with her sister. Mm-hmm. He calls my mom and says, I'm sorry. Yeah. What I, I don't know. I, it's so funny. I, I wrote the book so, many, so long ago. I think they, they edited it out. Maybe no, it, it should be in there. He says to her, all I can do is pray. That is what he's, yeah, all I can do is pray. But so I, I, bro, he doesn't, he doesn't know that's the last thing he's going to say, but he actually says it. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, you actually died on a, on a truck driving trip in California, trying to apologize to the woman you mistreated your entire life. Yeah. Talking about prayer. Yep. Yep. And nobody takes it seriously because, like, man, whatever. I mean, no, like, that's, like, that's if you know how like black powerful. women talk. She like, man, ain't nobody thinking yeah. about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go see this. You movie. said that's what your mom said. Yeah. She's like, man, nobody, yeah, ain't nobody think about yeah. you, Otis. You know what I'm talking about? That same, exact energy. That exact energy. That exact energy. Right, right. And it's just like, I'm like, you know what? What I was able to say, maybe this is important to me. This is why I said I was able to write it. Even though he didn't get there, there is something about that attempt to turn that is beautiful. Absolutely. And the reason this is important to me is because when you come from where I come from, people can encourage you to toss your entire childhood and neighborhood and community away and make your new life with them. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're one of those guys who escaped and now you made it into yeah. this place. That's that black exception. Yeah, like, come and be in here and define yourself completely by this community. Right. And I'm like, but I love those people. Yes, right. Yes. Like, I actually love... So, like, I didn't want to just do, like, a black, we down bad story. Right. I want to say, in, and this is actually true, was I often sad? Yeah, I was. But was I happy? Man, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I talk about this in the book. My high school was the littest place. Yeah. Uh-huh. May, may, Felt like may, down already. No, listen, listen, listen. I wish I, I wish I could talk to y'all about this. We had an entire fraternity system in high school that was like the black HBCU fraternities, really? but just a high school version. So I don't know anybody. Serious? Serious? We were pledging cats like fraternity, what? fraternity. Our band was just like a college band. Like all of the stuff that you see with the with the home halftime yeah, stuff. Yeah. When we came out there, it was not a game. What? It was and when I say it was, this is one of the things that at least has helped me. Well, you, you got that and you on the yeah. football team, you're gonna sacrifice your yes. whole body out you know there. That, like, yeah, that <laughs> music <laughs> get to hit me. They come hosh- yeah. like, It was so lit. We would come back early from halftime to watch the show. Dang. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know how much y'all, y'all should. Have, you know, so I'm so glad to see you again. They're like every black playing. Play. Yeah, uh-huh. we used to play it every time, boy. And if we were, we could be down by twenty. We coming back. You play high. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because that same community that has so much joy, we go to a house party. Somebody shoot it up. Yep. And but everybody be like, man. And then we just run. We run with an attitude, man. Right. Listen, we can't have anything nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those two things are happening together. At the same time, and, man. And the, and the intellectual, the intellectual questions that were being pressed were real. So you, I, I learned about the word nihilism when I got to college. Uh-huh. I experienced nihilism in my high school, Ooh. where I had to explain to some black, some some like one of my friends, like, why should I stay in school? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
explain to me why any of this makes any sense. Yes, right. Yes, yes. Why don't I, utilitarianism, why don't yep. I do whatever I got to do to get ahead? Absolutely. And, and I couldn't just say trust Jesus. I had to actually explain to this brother uh-huh. why you need to do that. Yes. And so, yes, I later got the tools to analyze different philosophical systems. But that's different from saying the actual person who you know, who if he becomes a nihilist, might go and shoot somebody, hits different. Nihilist in the hood all day long, bro. Yes. And so you, and, and you, and you begin to say, you begin to recognize it. Yeah. So you can kind of go in there and say, oh, this brother will shoot me. Yeah. This brother, this other brother doesn't actually want to shoot me, but if the circumstances kind of happen, yeah. he's, he's front if he front gets friends. pushed there. Yeah. yeah, but like, this other brother's no. looking for this dude is a demon. This dude is a, as we say in the streets, this dude is a demon. He about that life. He is really about that. He will, he don't want to tell no jokes. No. No, he don't talk to nobody. He keep his hoodie on. Yeah. He keep his hoodie yeah. on. He got black Air Forces on. Let him live. He got black he Air got Forces Force, uh, yeah. He got black Air Forces on. He's all yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. And nobody says a word. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. You don't hand him lotion. You just no, let him. No, it, it don't matter. What's up, yeah, 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 yeah. What's up homie? Yeah, keep, You're right though, man. And so, and so what I'm saying is, when I talk about my intellectual development happened in that context, it was... I had to figure out who I was under pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Under pressure. And I feel like that context was beautiful. It was all, it was all the kind of black life in one place. One of the things living outside of Chicago is that you see the same kinds of things. People, the way they talk about Chicago is how they talk about black people. Mm. They, <laughs> they, they see kind of the violence in the city. Sure. Yeah. And they kind of go, that's Chicago. Yeah. Then I can show you, well, hold on. Come to Progressive Baptist. Uh-huh. We can show you another piece of Chicago. Yeah. Come to some of our art scenes. Sure. And so Chicago contains the complexity of the black experience. Mm. And so getting people to see, and so if I told a story that's violence in Chicago or violence in the black South, everybody would say, amen. Sure. But I said, in, in the midst of that, that was true. There was also beauty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And articulating both of those things to me is a realer account of black Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, Absolutely. I, think good, I love that you said that because I think that um, one thing that folks will note that they know about me and KB is that we are very proud of being from Southside St. Pete and that's why we have the pod that's why the podcast is called Southside Rabbi because it's an ode to where we are from yeah. and that's one of the beautiful things that I think that I appreciate about the hood is that there's brokenness and beauty there at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And that's why I'm proud of coming from such a place because I feel like it is giving is giving us a perspective on life that is a bit different then my perspective would have been if I was just raised in a place like the suburbs. Now, sure. there's brokenness yeah. everywhere. everywhere. Absolutely. That, that no one is saying that I'm from the hood, you from the suburbs, you don't experience brokenness in the suburbs yeah. or, you know, some suburbs are hood, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you only really get the real life down here. Yes. But what I am saying is that there is both beauty and brokenness there. Yes, yes, at yes. The same and time. it causes, it caused, I think, us as young Christians we got saved very young by God's grace. I was I was 16. I think you were 16 yes, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I met you, you were 17. Yeah. Um, and so it caused us to have to reimagine and think about, well, what does this mean for us to be Christian in a place like this? Yes. What does it mean for us? And what does it mean for me to be Christian in a place where all of my friends are still in the streets? Yes. yes you yes, know yes, what yes. I mean? Yeah. Um, what does it mean? That, you know, I, as KB know, like I have a friend, my my boy, I ain't gonna say his name, yeah. but what does it mean for him to come to the crib and say, man, you've been telling me about the gospel. 
I bought all my cousins. Yeah. Tell them about what you've been telling me. Yeah. And then a year later, he murders somebody. He's in jail for life. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, it causes you to think about what, how does God enter into this? Yes, bro. And um, I love that. I, it I also, just, yeah. It makes me think about that today, right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The son of God is on the right hand of the father. And you know what? Peter calls him an ax. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Of Nazareth. Yes. Today. Right now. He's from there. Today. That's, he's from there. What, yes. what, 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 what I want to say. <laughs> That's what, crazy to think about. What I want to say about that is I think that I think that when you, one of the things that happens to me, and it's, the things you think about when you write it, I was writing that book. When you come from those places, to me, it changes how I consume news. What I mean by this is important. This is important. So someone gets killed by the police. And inevitably, they tell you the rap sheet of the person. Yeah. He did this, 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 and this, and this. People, they extrapolate from that. Oh, this is what they would have been in the future. Right. So whatever happened to them, they deserved it. Yes. But immediately, I think of somebody who I knew who might have had a rap sheet like that. Yeah. Who was actually complicated. Who could have been on and off drugs at any given moment. Absolutely. Who was trying to take care of their family and who might have been through a... People who have bad stretch, who are on the streets for six months or a year, then they get off the streets. Or people who kind of um, turn around at the end. And what I'm saying to this, if you believe the whole point of Christianity is your story is never over. Yeah. So when you tell me someone did something that ended their story, therefore God could have never done... I said, you don't don't, don't believe the same gospel that I believe. Yeah, it's a different gospel. So the entire media logic of saying, let's look at this person's past to determine what they, de- what they deserved in the present. I was like, you didn't know anybody who grew up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. know anybody who was actually down bad. Yes. Like bad as it can get. Right. Yes. And who then became something else. Yes. The reason I told this story about like the drive-by shooting, uh-huh. it relates to that. I've thought a lot about this. Like I was 16 years old, have a lot, and, and, and they're shooting up my house. And I thought about this a lot. If I died in that moment, if I died, yeah. they would, and the person who was who, who they was with was a known felon. Uh. They said, young Huntsvilleian killed by young, you know, known felon. At the time, I didn't put this in the book. I was on um, a list of potential, like, they had like basically like, a, what do you call it, like a drug, a, a gang list in Huntsville? Really? Yeah, I was on the list. Don't, that's a conversation wow. for another day. Really? So they would have said, like, young felon known by the police to be a, you know, a potential risk shot and killed. People would have said he got exactly what he deserved. Man. And I and said, it would have been Esau McCullough, bro. And so, and so like, and I just like, well, if that is hey. true, if that is true of them misjudging me, I don't trust anybody to give an assessment on a life but God. Right. So every single death I treat like a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Because what's the point of having a thief on the cross and believe that he can change Literally minutes to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Minutes. Last second. Knocking bro, on death's door. is ticking. Bro. Right, right. It, it ain't like he got cancer unless you got eight months or something. Right, he's like, no, right. no, no. Bro, you own the cross. Right. It's over You're for you. You're in the chair and death yes. row. He says, yeah, it's, right. it's, yeah, yeah. it's over. Yeah. And it's like, before we put the knee in, you want, yes, I want to convert. Good, we'll take you. Right. So right. then, how does that impact how we process everything that we see? Every single death. Right. And so I always see my, my neighborhood when I see those things happen. Yeah. And I just say, y'all lying. Oh. Yeah. Y'all lying. Yes, in, yeah. the sense of, in the sense of, you could tell me for a, 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 a fact that because they had this rap sheet, they could never be more than that. Mm. That's the denial of the power of God. Come on. Mm, that's what that is. That's true. 
Statement of unbelief. It's statement it, of it unbelief. It actually is. Yep. And so I know this might seem like man, this is Christian logic. I lament everybody who dies. But for me, if you had yourself together, wife, kids, you know, love the Lord, whatever, and you die, I am sad. Yeah. But I at least said this person found their way before they left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be at peace with that. Yeah. Amen. Bro, if you are a mess, I'm actually more heartbroken by that. Yes. Right. Because your story is just like, can the grace of God potentially redeem all of this? But yeah, I got to search. I got to yeah, yeah, dig yeah, under yeah, a book. Yeah, but like if something happens to me, y'all might be sad. But like, I wrote my books. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, love yeah, the Lord. Like, you know, like, yes. like, uh, We're we good. Right. And, so I, I, and so what I'm saying is... Elicit more compassion that the redemption didn't get to fully bloom. Yes. Right. And so what I'm saying is the more broken you are the more deserving of protection you are. And, and, so, and, and, that, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, because maybe if you guys talked about this, you, if you grow up in those places, you're just almost waiting on a miracle. That's right. That's you're, exactly and, and there's actually what it's a documentary like. on Netflix entitled it's, Waiting for is, Superman, yeah. which is exactly what folks are feeling. They're waiting for Superman to come and do something. Yeah. And so everybody, not everybody in my family isn't like, everybody in my neighborhood, I'm just like, man, I can't be the person to help you mm. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But I just hope you stay long, alive long enough yeah. to see the goodness of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And anytime something, someone passes, I'm like, man, what could God have done with another three to five years? Yeah. And so I do believe that like impoverished communities and people who are, who are, who are breaking the law, their lives are extremely precious because they're at the height of their brokenness. And so that just impacts the way that I perceive and process what I see. And I try to that's what I try to write about. I try to yeah. write about No, it's it's all through here. You it's, see yes, yes. And it's crazy that that the the, the savior that, that stands at the head of this thing that we're doing in Christianity is marked by death on the cross, man. That he's surrounded by two criminals. And there is that powerful moment yeah. on Calvary yeah. where redemption is full bloom in seconds. Bro, he don't give me preaching. Really, please preach. He dying, but he still got time to minister to somebody. Like, bro, I love y'all. Yeah, like, yeah, listen yeah. to some. Like, <laughs> but my evangelism is ends. Like, I'm trying to process. Like, if you that's so, right, right. right. My death bed, my yeah. nurse says, "How can I know Jesus?" I'm you like, know, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I ain't got time for this. My, my, <laughs> yeah, I'm bleeding out. I don't. I don't. One of one of the other interesting things about um, maybe this is my own flaw. One of the interesting things about the book is there's two or three moments where there's someone who's passing and I don't have those magical words. Yeah. Yeah. Or like there's oh, a big moment, that. there's a big moment where these things are happening where I can't, I can't figure out what to do. You just kind of, yeah, you kind of right. dumbstruck. Yeah. Right. Like the, the moment is too big for you. Yeah. And it's amazing to think that on the cross, like human history is shifting. The entire world is being made new, but he got enough presence of mind to look at one person. Yes. Like, bro, I'm saving the world over here. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. to hold that. Yes. He's like, no, I got world. I got, I got this right. Yes. Let me let me minister to this brother, this yeah. last brother, and then he dies. That that shows you like how consistently the heart of our Ooh. Savior was turned towards humanity. Ooh. And for me, I can't. I'm not Jesus. None of us are Jesus. But it does mean that, like, how can we consistently keep 
before us the the brokenness of the world, the opportunity for redemption. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And how do you live in such a way that you make that possible? And so, in, in some ways, how far to the promised land, in, in parts, there's sections of it where I'm like, I couldn't do it at the time. Mm. But in the book, yeah, I can yeah. do it. Yeah. And when I'm, I'm not talking about rewriting history. Like, yeah. you can't, like, yeah. I tell people, sure. you can't rewrite history, but you can write an ending to it. Mm. Yes. You can say, okay, this is, I, I couldn't figure out what God was up to in the moment. I didn't come through the way that I wanted to. Let me put it on paper. Yeah. Oh. So that I could then, because everybody has this moment like, man, yeah. I blew it. You right, think in your right. head, I blew it. Yes. You say, but now, one of the good things about telling your story is you can say, you know, there's the, there's this point, um, which it's weird because it's it's almost indulgent. In the book, because I'm writing the book, and one of my other cousins died. There's four of them on that, five of them side, that side of the family. Only me and my brother live. And so he's dying. And I remember it so, like, it was such a black man moment. He goes, I like how you, my mom's telling me, he's, they sent him home on hospice. And I called the brother and he said, man, I'm good. Like, bro, and like, and, I, and, yeah, like, like, and like, we we immediately, like, we lie. Yeah, we, we lie. We got like, he's like, I'm good. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, but you're not good. You're dying. Yeah. But the amount of times we lied to each other, how you doing? We good? And I said to him, we're not good. We die. You're dying. And I wish that I had in that moment this articulate present. Like, I don't know, like yes, this, this right. kind of like poetic yeah, thing that right. you would do in the book. I'm like, Jesus loves. Like, I'm just like right. just trying to say something. Yeah, like, how yeah. do you say to someone who's actually dying? Yeah. Who you've told, you know, like about Jesus yeah, like yeah, a million yeah. times. Right, like, what right, do you right. say? Like, the stakes are higher. Like, I don't know right, what it was. Right. Well, yeah. And so I felt so bad about it. It's funny. It's what you do, man. I call my mama. To mama, you gonna have to go do this work because yeah, yeah, I was right. I was out of town. I'm yeah. like, she, so she goes back, and my mom like reads. My mom is like a G. She like reading the Psalms to this brother, uh-huh. yeah. and she was like, my mom. She doesn't play. She doesn't play. Yeah. She's like, um, they brought him. They brought him the um, the sheet that you gotta find. The do not resuscitate. Dr. Dnr. Dnr. Yeah. And he kind of goes, what is this? And she goes, do not resuscitate. He doesn't know. It means when you die, not to bring you back. And, and, she, and he goes, oh, man. And so he signs it. I didn't think I would go out like that. Man, I would have been a mess in that uh, moment. Yeah. My mom's like, she said, nobody wants to die like this. But you're going to die because you don't play. You need to make your peace with God. Bro, the way that she did that so Bro, smooth. Yeah. Which, which is, is <laughs> right. exactly what needs to be said. Right, I'm right, just like, right. Jesus love you. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> my mom, she's like, I've been through some stuff, baby. Right, like, right, you, right. you, let me, baby, the, the letter means you not getting yeah. up when they put you to sleep yeah, again. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. And then, and then, and this is like, and I, and I talk about this, man. Come on, mom. And I called, she called me after this. I said, did he say anything? Bro, what he said, like it was, it's it's the sad to me. It's one of the sad parts in the book because he he's like, man, because he, we talk about people being Christian in that context. A lot of people are Christian. The brother said, I believed in Jesus. He did yeah. whatever else he did. I think that was genuine. Yes, he's like, I, I believe that God's gonna save me. I believe what he said is true. Gets to the very end of his life and says to my mom, I should have listened, mm. bro. Yeah, and like. I almost didn't put it in the book because it sounds yeah. pietistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It sounds pietistic. Sure. But if y'all, if, I mean, they've met it. My mom, she she don't lie. Yeah. 
You're right, if, right. If, if he said he ain't messing with God, he told me to tell y'all he should have listened. should have listened. And the life with God was better. I'm like, bro. And so I'm sitting there and this is happening when that section is happening while I'm writing the book. Man. So in other words, I'm talking about these members of my family. Um, two of them had already passed uh-huh. when I started writing the book. It was the three of us who were alive. My brother, um, um, me, and him. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing that chapter, and he dies. So I put it in there, even though chronologically it doesn't fit, right. precisely because it's it, it's like it's the unfolding of that stuff. And how do you make sense of that? And you say, okay, I'm glad this brother lived. I mean, I'm glad that he found the Lord. I'm glad that he made peace with God before he, before he passed. Yes. But that's sad. Yeah, bro. Yes, it's still sad. It's sad. sad. Right. And so, like, like, how do you... So then, if we spent holidays together, you're sitting at Thanksgiving, and, like, like, there was five of us, right? Now there's two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's just like... And how do you... How do you... And do you say to the... Do you want, as a writer, you don't want to be Mm heavy-handed. Sure. You don't go, like, man, y'all don't want to, you know... Do this. Yeah. yeah. But did that brother earn the right to tell his story? Mm-hmm. And if it was me who had said it, y'all don't want to wait too long. Life with God was better. I would never put it in the book. Sure. Mm-hmm. But he earned the right through his death to, to like, to give his final statement. Right. Yeah. right. And there's other, there's tons of places in the book. There's this, there's this other part that's like, I don't want to give the whole thing away. But like, when like, my great grandmother says she hears God talking to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, well, listen, y'all cannot believe it. Yeah, I'm right. gonna tell you Have what she. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But like, she has earned the right <laughs> to tell her story. Yeah. Right. And so there's parts of the book that that may seem almost miraculous or trite, but the truth is, sometimes God, like, sometimes God teaches, like, sometimes God comes to us in ways that are unsettling yeah. and surprising and the people who suffered those things had earned the right to tell their story. Absolutely. And so I hope that, so I hope that, and so when, when I think about that, I'm just like, well, okay, God rescued him, but can we write something? Can I write something? Can I do something? Can I serve people in such a way that people get to experience more of the fruit of God's victory in their life? Yeah. And that's what I really want. I want to yeah, say, like, right. like, like the whole point of like his story, my father's story, is to say, you know, God, God, God will rescue you. Yes, He will. Yes, but like, maybe you don't got to go through all of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right. Maybe you don't have. Right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's another path for you. Yeah. yeah. Man. It, it feels powerful. like it's funny that you say that because it feels like when I read the story about your father passing. Yeah. It was, uh, it does seem like a movie, but I believe it, of, of course. You can actually what, Google it. Yeah, when I, when, when <laughs> I, backed I yeah, backed up by the Googles, fact check it. Um, it felt like what I was reminded of, I was like, this feels like Moses not entering the promised land, mm. but getting to see it. It's like, yeah. I could see it. I know it's there, but I don't get to put my foot in it. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, man, like, you know, like, and I think that Moses would say yeah. <laughs> to us, yeah. 
learn from my story. Yeah, I think yeah, if, yeah. if I think if Moses would speak, yeah. I mean yeah. Moses has spoken in a yeah, sense. Yeah. But if, if if we can if we can interview Moses pull him up. on Southside Rabbi, yeah. we can pull him up. And I think that alone. Moses would <laughs> right. Don't hit that rock. Yeah. Right, right. Fall I back. think that Don't Moses would talk rocks. about what the rock meant. Yeah. Like, like I think that he would say, God rescued me. Yeah. He allowed me to, I got to see the promised land, mm, but yeah. I want y'all to put y'all foot in the promise. I want yeah, y'all to yeah, step yeah. on the promised land, yeah, man. Yeah, boy. Learn from, so, you know well, what I mean? One of, one, one of the interesting things about the language is promised land, but, you know, there's a, there's two, there's I think three sections. Well, one yeah, of the sections is called, yeah, um, the, the section is called, this is called the vine and the fig tree. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, if, if I could just be fully literary, sometimes you got to make please, some, some, brother, please. some. We're sac- all no, no, about that. No, no, some some sacrifices to being somewhat marketable. But if I had called the book a vine and the fig tree, y'all wouldn't have been ready for it. But uh. the the passage actually that was that was motivating the promised land language, actually, I think, comes from Micah, uh-huh. where it says they would beat their swords into plowshares and they will study no, war no more. Yeah, and there'll be no one to make them afraid, mm-hmm. and they're all sitting on their own vine and fig tree. And so, the, the in in the context, it was. The people of Israel are under distress, and and, and, and and the prophet is looking forward to this time where it's just they're not going to be fighting anymore. There's going to be no yeah, more yeah. danger. Everyone could be at home, yeah. their family, buying a picture, like four acres and a mule. You right. can just be there. Yes. No one's going to make you afraid. Yes. Right. And so for me, the promised land did describe not just how do you get to heaven. That's not actually mm-hmm. what it's about. Yeah. How do you arrive at this place where you know who you are mm-hmm. and you know God's purposes for your life? And you're surrounded by the people who love you, and there's no one to make you afraid. Shalom. And so, as a kid, yeah. that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted. I just, bro. When I say to people, all I ever wanted to be was a was a husband and a father. Yeah. I didn't care about money. I just want. I just didn't want nobody shooting at me. Yes. Yeah. I want my own little spot. Yes. Right. And so, how far to the promised land? It's like figuring out what kind of path do I got to take to get there. Yeah. Is God the one who's going to get me to this place? Right. Yeah. And so, my father. Does he yeah. he glimpses it? Yeah. Oh, I should have just been with my family the whole time. Mm. I should have just like left all of that. St- I, he saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally driving home. Yeah, yeah. man. And so to what, make that yeah, reality. make that reality. And it and the funny part is like wouldn't go work right, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> but he was going. He was trying. He was. That was the. He saw it and, and he so, said, "I'm going after." And so it. Yeah. What, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping the reader sees is like. Not like, what do I need to do in my own life to get to that place? Yes, 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 yes. Not of material success. Yeah, yeah. But a place where you're loved. Yes. And so that you need to be able, like, reader, you need to see, like, where are you going? Yeah. Right. And where are you going going to lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what change do you need to make to kind of head in that direction? You need to come home. You, bro, mm, like, yeah, I love that phrase. Um, yes. And so, like, I it, actually want to start. Even in ministry, even as I'm as I'm thinking about as I'm outside of my house, but also in my house, to use that as kind of a catch-all of you've drifted into some things. Yeah, y- you, you need, need to, to go, go home. home. Yeah, there's yeah. this. It's funny. Like nobody read all of this. I'm gonna go back all the way back to like twenty. 17 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was on like a blog, bro. You you might have to hunt it down. But um, I gave a talk when I was first starting my writing career. I, I, I published it somewhere. It's called Quo Vadis. And it tells the story of um, of Peter. It's, it's apocryphal. Okay. So, um, you know, Peter betrayed Jesus and all that other stuff. So in the story, there's persecution going on. I think it's either in Rome or Jerusalem. I think it's Rome. And Peter 
has become afraid again. Uh-huh. And he's fleeing. Yeah. And he's running away from the church. And in the apocryphal story, he sees Jesus walking back towards Rome. Yeah. It's in Latin. So he got some quo vadis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you going? Uh-huh. This is what Peter, Peter asked Jesus. And Peter and Jesus says, I'm going back to be with my people. And according to the apocryphal story, Peter turns around and goes back into Rome, which is where him and Paul are eventually martyred. And so, and so Peter, and so Peter um, returns home. So in the article I wrote, you know, I'd done all of this stuff um, as a writer, yeah. as, as an academic, but I felt like I'd like been separated from the people. Mm. The academy does different things to you. I, oh, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. And, and I, I said, and I said to them, I said like nobody was reading. I said, "Quote about it, I'm going home." Mm. I told him like nobody was nobody, and I said, um, "I am going back to write things for the community to shape me." Yes, in the hopes that they might find their way home. Mm. That was before reading my black. It was before yes. the New York Times, before how far to the Promised Land. I had this conviction that I needed to 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 because I there's certain things I can't do. Like I can't I can't I can't do what you do. I can't, uh. I, listen, I'm barely on the beat. Like I. <laughs> I'm like hanging on for dear life. Listen, I'm barely on the beat. Like, I'm, I'm sitting in church, man. I'm just, I'm like worshiping the Lord. Then they start clapping. It's okay, we're going to clap. Say, don't do the double clap. Oh, Lord. Now I'm trying to like, you know, I'm just holding on. Like, I just don't want anybody to see. Like, I'm just chasing it, right? You know what I mean? Like, don't do the complicated clap, y'all. Let's just do the... Let's, let's just do the regular, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Two and the four. Yeah, yeah like, two you don't talk four. about what do like that. You know, I, I don't do all of that. Don't sway. Don't, don't I can't, line dance either. Don't electric slide either. Listen, don't... don't, don't, don't. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't do that, right? And so but what I can do yeah. is write something. I can't even, like, preach like some of these people preach. I can't do it. I said, what can I actually do to serve my community? I said, well, what I can give to the community is to write something that might be useful to them. Yeah. yeah. And write something that is like from that place. Yes. Because I don't, one of the things that happened, I think, in certain spaces, there was like a crisis. Yeah. In the sense of like, is this authentically black? Is this that or the other? Yeah. Is this real? I'm like, I didn't have any Christ. I know where I'm from. Yeah, right, yeah, right. No questions asked. And I know exactly how black Christians are in those spaces. Yeah. yeah. So when I started talking about like the black church and black faith in the South, this ain't a hypothesis. Yeah. Right. There's some stuff that, this is funny, put my gimmick, stuff that ain't in the footnotes in, um, in reading my black, because if you know, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know. If you know, you know. You know, you know. And so, true. it's like, what can, what can you give? I mean, maybe that's um, a an appointment. Like, Everyone has to ask the question, what gift has God given to them and how can they use that gift for the glory of God? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And like everybody can't, like everybody can't be everybody else, but you can sure. be who you can be. And when I started doing this stuff, they were obviously black writers. Sure, I'm not sure. saying like tons of amazing black writers. Right, right, who, right. Douglas, who you mentioned earlier, is my inspiration. Yeah, yeah. But there was the models for people who were doing what I wanted to do, yeah. who like felt creative, who felt like they wanted to do multi-genre. I've done kids' books. Yes. I've done yeah, like I'll theology see, books. Mm-hmm. I've done memoirs. But I just tried to be faithful in it. Yes. And right. maybe that's what I would say. It's like if God has called you to do something, I just do it. Yes. Yeah. And and if 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 God actually calls you to do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he will bless the people who he intended to bless by it. Amen. Right. Amen. I can't promise well, you nothing true. else. Yeah, that's right. I can't yeah. promise, yeah. I can't yeah. promise so you nothing. You need to be encouraged by that. <laughs> encouraged right. by that. Right. Yes. That's um, the goal. Yeah, no, I feel that 100%, man. That's really good. I'm thinking about... 
my journey as a as a Christian hip hop artist and in is a truncated version of why there are a few. It's not a lot of us, but there's a handful of Christian hip hop artists that make a living off of what they do. The vast majority of us uh equally important, equally valued by God, equally blessed are doing what we do to reach people for ministry sake. You know what I'm saying? Most folks are not writing songs and now, you know, paying their mortgage. You know I don't saying? know any full-time I'm, I got a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking time off work right now. For sure. Yeah. 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 I teach. Most yeah. of that, that that's that's the, the that's the situation for most Christian hip hop artists. Those of us that have, and Lecrae would be the golden child, uh, that have been, you know, in, indigenous. Yeah. The, 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 they are indigenous mm. hip hop artists. Right, they right, came right. from. They did not learn about hip hop yeah. through observing right. it. Yeah. They didn't have a friend that was involved in hip hop. They they didn't grow up just liking it on MTV. Right. Like they like this is the, the life they live. They they grew up in. That's how they talk. How they sound. When you hear them talk on stage, you hear them talk off stage. It sounds the same. Yes. Um, that kind of artist, uh, mm. Lecrae, a few other folks. Uh, I'm thinking about like the Grits. But far as far as we are concerned, Lecrae basically embodied that uh, as being the real deal. Um, authentically, you know, in Ooh, love Lord. with the Lord Jesus, and now able to make a living off of this uh, in ways that most of us can't. There were others, cross movement, you know. Yeah. yeah. But Cray was different because he was able to cross over, not into the mainstream, although he did have some crossover into the mainstream. Yeah. I would say probably the lion's share of his crossover success was CCM. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was able, in some ways, to be the face of not only Christian hip-hop, but the face of CCM at one point, uh -huh. yeah. where he was the guy. Uh, if you can test me on that, I'm sure there's other people, that folks that have other opinions, but, but I, as far as I can discern, he was headlining the, the Rock and Worship Road shows. Yeah. He was headlining the Winter Jams. Right. Uh, he, when you went to a... Lecrae concert, okay? If you looked at that parking lot, Dave Chappelle said it best. Yeah. That brother said, if I banned white people from my show, I would leave with $1,500 tonight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so man. The fact of the matter is, it was it was a bunch of youth groups from the, yeah. the, the, the sort of evangelical superstructure. I mean, yeah. that's where, excuse my superstructure language, yeah. but I'm just saying. Uh, Neo-Marxism. Yeah. Here it is! No, I'm joking. I didn't want to no. say anything. I was going to let you live. You're Marxist. going to start talking about the means and modes <laughs> of production. That's right. No, go ahead. So go anyways, ahead. as they were taking power from the uh, their, their oppressors. I'm just playing. Anyways, so, uh, so man, so if you went to that, I mean, the, the, the shows, I mean, you go to any hip-hop concert, it's Same. largely oh, majority yeah. culture. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, never, I've never been to a hip-hop concert in my life. You haven't been? No. Yeah. I, I went, largely... I, so I, I, I actually get get to write my, uh, hopefully, IRS is cool with this, I get to write off my concert when I go oh, to research, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, when I'm going to even do research type yeah. stuff, it could be J. Cole or, or Kendrick, yeah. Yeah. who was, That's what who was I'm basically yeah. like the theme, uh -huh. he had the theme for Black Lives Matter, with all, we we uh, we gonna be all right. Yeah. That, that place yeah. is, Majority fifty places. to sixty percent, yeah. Uh, majority culture. Unless so, you performing in Club One Twelve, that's what it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, all um, this is taking too long. This, the point is not that big to take this long to set it up. But the, the, the what I noticed is there was a home in the billion dollar industry of Christian contemporary music yeah. for folks like Lecrae. Now Lecrae yeah. was just being himself, but what are some of the things that they loved about him? Lecrae yeah. was theologically sound. He was yeah. very articulate. And that, and even that word articulate 
when you use that for an African-American it's person, it can be complicated and sometimes triggering. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can be a, a sort of, you're not like the rest of them. You're, exce- yeah. you're exceptional. Yeah, you're, you're not like them or yeah. those guys. I had a great conversation with a sister one time. I uh, had her and uh, her husband and some other folks over to the crib. I think you might have been there too when I was mm-hmm. doing a think tank for my, my first Dove performance because I was mm-hmm. going to have a SWAT team on, on stage yeah. and I wanted to show, I, I, was, I was inspired by the Boston 10 Points Coalition about how we could work we we can acknowledge that the, the the disparity. We can acknowledge mm-hmm. the actual conflict, but then find productive ways to confess and then uh, have points of redemption to move forward as a unit with police officers working with the law enforcement working with community leaders. And I was trying to display some of that in my performance by having on the screen jarring images of of police brutality and also this this kind of hostile moment between me and the SWAT team. And I'll never forget it. It was our, our, our dear sister, mm-hmm. Kina. She said to me, she said, do you think that this might communicate to an audience that is largely observing the police brutality conflict on the outside. <laughs> they're, 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 right. they're watching us talk about it and saying, hey, what I, I never went through that. Right. You, yeah. y'all, it seems like y'all are just disparaging the police. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you might run the risk of showing yourself to be one of the good guys who wouldn't have issues with the police because you are, you know, yeah. KB, KB, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the Bible guy and, you know, all that stuff and kind of separate from basically in their minds, see you as the exception, but and it, they'll keep all their original yeah. prejudices and, and, yeah. and, and perspectives. And I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I saw in my life many ways in which I can feed this narrative of exceptionalism and I'm not like them. And, I've, and I have friends who have leaned into the not like themness. Well, they all, yeah. they won't say, yeah. they'll allow folks to say yeah. things that that yeah. they they know Because not are, like themness could pay your bills. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it creates a kind of conflict where you are walking around in these industries having to not only think about what it is that you're doing, to doing your art or whatever, and things you want to say, but you got to also not disparage a community that you're trying to reach at, so that you could be have better footing in this space. I'll give one more example of this. Mm-hmm. I wrote this song called New Portrait. It was a remake of the Truth song, Portrait. Uh, Portrait. Yeah. I remember this. Wait, did that come out? Or it came it, out year, like 2017. It was on uh, Today We Rebel. It came out a while yeah, ago. I, I, I got to tell you, listen, it I'm not a, new. I'm not brand new. <laughs> okay, check <laughs> Yeah, hold on, hold on. You ain't got to play me, play me to the left. Play me, I've heard Portrait and New Portrait. So okay. you heard both of them, okay. Christ yes. of the Culture. That's got, right. There yes. we go. That's yeah, right. So you got it. See? Yeah, that's right. I'm Christ of the Culture. Yeah, there we go. You know what So, So the Truth version was more so like, uh, addressing the Da Vinci Code. Right. I wrote my song because I had just left, I'm just going to say it, the Uhuru movement in Southside St. Petersburg. Yeah. I went up to their offices. I was there for about an hour and we had very good conversations about the problem. But then when I started talking about the solution, it got really, really hostile. And I didn't get super hostile, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it yeah. got very, it got tense. Yeah. And the idea that Jesus had anything to say to racial injustice was to them the most counterproductive, yeah. counterintuitive, yeah. backwards thing ever because they were like, Jesus is creating the injustice in go. their mind, right? That's, yeah, that's what they thought. So I wrote this song for them saying, 
No, you need to understand that Jesus was not a white man yeah. who was basically, I, I have a book on my iPad called The Negro, a beast or an image bearer. And they were arguing that the Negro was a beast. This was yeah. written in the Antebellum mm-hmm. South. Yeah. And one of the points that the author makes in the book is that when you look, he, he takes a picture of Jesus that was drawn by somebody <laughs> and then puts it next to a picture of a Negro. It says, if you see, you not see how it's beautiful science. Not, not is image Jesus. <laughs> I said Jesus. I've heard I said Jesus. I never heard an image. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to put that into a word. What, what yeah. Dude, like, was it crazy? Yeah, folks so wrong, they just like, you need to be quiet. Like, yeah, right. Like, Come I on, bro. I didn't have an answer for this wrongness. This is supposed to be a the- theological work of that day. They were like, if you can see the bone structure of the Negro next to the bone structure yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, the reason just, that their cheeks are so high is because their brains are small. Uh, exactly. Like, stupid pseudoscience. Yeah, bro, you're so wrong. Yes. So I wrote that crazy song to yeah. that community. That's yeah. absolutely who I wrote it for. In fact, I had I remember I never my uncle, my uncle who was in he was in he was drunk out of his mind when I was talking <laughs> to him. And he pulled me out on the block and he's in tears walking me up and down the block, oh, showing yeah, me this. all the stuff that's happened. I won't use the language he used, but he said, if you can't make music that resonates with these people, you are wasting your time. That's yeah. what he told me. And I and I, I and I wrote today we rebel from that, yep. that, that standpoint yeah. where I wanted to make it clear, I am here to serve where God has shown me the problem is, I am not I am not going to dress up in a way that is more appropriate for whatever the yeah. industry might like. Yeah. I'm not, I am no good to the industry if I am just parroting what y'all want me to say. Right. Yeah, right. My, my good is go so, anyways, all that to say, I wrote this song, New Portrait, and I some, some folks got really mad at me. Why would you need to point out that Jesus isn't white? Are you trying to say Jesus is black? Well, or, or, or is this is this some 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 sort of liberation liber, liberation I, theology kind of stuff happening? Anyways, I, go ahead. No, I think that what happens is people are listening in to your side of the conversation, but they don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that happens to me all of the time. I wrote I wrote this article on like the resurrection of black bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Folks got so mad at me for that, man, because the whole point was they had lynched black bodies. Yes, right. And so God statements to those lynchings was no and that's proven by the resurrection. Yes. Right, right. So the resurrection is the ultimate rejection of anti-black the, the anti-black assault on, on the African American body. Yes. Right. So when I rise in my black body it's so that God thinks that I'm more valuable than the people who masters who were lynched. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, so you saying that like the resurrection only matters people? I was like, no, bro. For someone whose family this is the story then this, this is the questions they're asking. This is the question. And so I think I think that part of what I, in other words when you try to serve a community that is often neglected, sometimes the majority community is saying, why aren't you serving me? That's right. We're used to it being about us, and it feels like and, this is and, not and, about and, us. And imagine, We're not included. Imagining the entry into that conversation. One of the hardest things to do, maybe this is the reason why people ask, like, why do you, why do you write so much? It's because there's this, this chance line. This is my part. Nobody else speaks. Yep. Uh-huh. And so everybody's always trying to define who we are yeah. and what we're about. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, people will take your story and use the story for their purposes. Yeah. Right. You talk about this. Like, yeah. they will say, okay, KB, you're useful for my market yeah. if I put you in this place. Yeah. Well, then how do you battle it? You battle it by the content that you produce. Right, 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 <laughs> That's right. true. And so I feel like yeah. in my, you know, there's people, so good. there's people who said, you know what? We want all of the racial analysis. Yeah. Like, we want all of the structural, like, we want all of that but when the Jesus bit comes in, that's you're doing too much. Yes. Or there's people who say, We saying, have felt that. Mm-hmm. When you do the Jesus bit, like, do we want the Jesus bit? 
but not the racial analysis. You're talking too much about the racial mm. stuff. And so yeah. I said, no, 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 no. Like, so that means I got to consistently remind you, almost like self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got to consistently remind you, this is who I am. That's right. And so in, in each, each day, each moment, each, each book, article, story, you're having to decide who you're going to be. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. you don't just like one. There's this thing um, in the in the Catholic Church. They talk about two forms of martyrdom. Yeah. Like um, things called white martyrdom and red martyrdom. Mm. Red is if you're martyred. White is if you just live your whole ah, life with Jesus. Got you. Okay. And so I was actually asking my kids. We were talking about um, Peter and and John in the yeah. Bible because Peter gets martyred and John lives to the end. Yeah. Ask my kids which one is easier, and they all said John. It's harder to be Peter. And I said actually I think it's hard to be John mm. because like. I'm not saying I want to die, but like right. you die, you made the decision, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But bro, the more, even if God gave it to you, the more that you have, the more you you are at risk. Absolutely. And then there's always this temptation to say, the now that God's have, giving me this, I need to protect it. Yes. And to consistently say every single time, man, here's the stuff that you don't like. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, man. that's a decision and it's the pressure. Yes. And so when you talk about self-sabotage, it's like saying, have I allowed public perception to be shaped around my story in a way that benefits me financially Yeah, mm-hmm. that becomes a prison? Yeah. And so I'm just trying to write my way out every single time. Yeah, 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 for and sure. So, wow. like, you, because to some degree, we all... Re- this is, this is kind of... Uh, this is good right here. This is kind of veers from the, from the pod a little bit. But I, I in some ways that's always going to be a wrestle, right? Because I have to provide a thing, especially if it's my job, of course, that people are willing to engage with and pay for. So, but, but in the midst of all of that, you can very quickly lose yourself, man. And be miserable. And be very much miserable. Mm. And people say, like, I want to be able to, like, do this and say this, but it's outside of the brand I created. Wow, that's true. And so one 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 of the one of the advantages True. that I had is a blessing, even though I'm a little bit same age or older than a lot of people who kind of came into this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't a creative. Yeah. And because I was an academic, I saw a lot of like ministries. You got un- to watch it. And I was like, man, they turned on that brother. Yes. Uh, I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build it from the beginning as me. Yes, yes. So yes. There, there ain't no abandonment because we got on the train at the same stop. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, right. I was, I, so, so I, I talk about this a lot. That's I know so I, smart. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm such a bad marketer. This, I'm going to talk about reading my black. I remember thinking, I'm writing reading my black. And I said, I want the blackest intro possible. That was like my yeah, idea. I said, like, what that is the thing? outcast <laughs> intro? When I, when I, what I'm saying is, when I came in the door, you need to know exactly what you're going to get. Right. And right. I was like, I didn't want any confusion. <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. I was, and, I, and they asked me, I remember they doing the cover design. Because actually, how about the promise thing? I didn't say this. I felt like I knew I could be a little... How about the promise thing is actually much more poetic and right, artistic? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt much. comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. But when I was doing Reading My Black, I was like, I want the blackest cover possible. Yeah. He said, I want... I want, I want a black power fist, an afro. <laughs> I want a pack of new ports and some slit small liquor on there. Air Force Ones on the cover. And some Henny. I want some slit small liquor. I'm just joking. <laughs> and so when I said, I was literally thinking in my head, what is the blackest event I can remember in my life? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'll cast the source of war. Yeah. That's why I'm so genius. And I said, and so what I'm crazy. saying is, I wanted 
to to define like in some ways like that chapter uh-huh. set the tone for everything else written yeah because it, it puts you in that context of yes. Yes. yes and that part of the promise and there's a whole book in that context right. so I really want to say I don't want you to think that I fell in love with black culture yeah after I got mad about racism and I found <laughs> myself I'm, and, and, and I'm not dismissing anybody who did that I want people well, a lot to of say, people did do that yeah that's and I true. want to say like no 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 I'm from here and this place matters and if you don't want to mess with me, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I didn't like, and, and when, when that, that may seem like too strategic in the sense of I thought I would ever have a platform. That's not what I'm saying. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. What I want to say is I never want to feel trapped in the identity that I created for myself. Mm. And I saw right. Right. people who, and this actually happened across, not just in black spaces. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people and who, who said to themselves, I'll be measured. And I'll build these relationships, mm-hmm. black and white. And then I will, I will cash in those relationships at strategic moments. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to build up years and years of cachet. Yeah. So that when it's necessary, I can cash the checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when 2016 hit, them checks started bouncing. They started right. And people thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, you've known me. We've yes. been in ministry together, yeah. black and white. Yeah. Right, right. And they find people like, well, hold on. Oh. None of that cachet mattered. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You like your balance was zero immediately, right. yes, yes. and you were over here with us. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. yes, yes. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start over here. Let's start over there, so you don't have because I, I, I know none of this money is gonna cash when I need it. Yes. Right. And there's a lot of people who have like had to rediscover their ministry after realizing the people who they thought supported them wouldn't support them. Oh, absolutely. Man. And that is a and for our audience, I can what he just said. I, I, cannot, I cannot overstate how big of a concern that is across the Church of America right Ooh. now. I mean, the, the whole idea of, of, of us having regression, us, us, us moving backwards as a church mm-hmm. as, has been presented in study after study after study after study that people were willing over their politics and their resisted, that their allergy for talk, for centering racial yeah. kind of things, that they were willing to give up mother, father, life, Everybody. limb, pastor. Man. I don't care. I don't want, I don't care who you are, how long I've known you. I don't care how faithful you say you are. Yep. If you did not support our guy and you keep insisting that God has something to say about these particular issues in the culture, you're dead to me. And the funny thing about it, they, they talk a lot about um, like multi-ethnic churches and how they grow slower. Yeah. That they don't actually grow faster because if you start centering reconciliation and justice, folks leave. Yeah. yeah. And so it has been like a slower road. Like yeah. I mean, there are tons. Like, how far to the promised land to read my black? We do okay, but we not we not we not running the streets. I mean, like we. Right. I have a, and I'm grateful for them. A group of people people who support what I do because they know who I am. Yeah. But there is like, and I think you know this, right? I think they talk about like how I'm assuming I I can't write rap. You can write a little simple little thing to people. You can get a lot of spins. You just know there's yeah, yeah. no wordplay. Yeah. You're like, man, like, this is whack, but people like it. I got, yeah. yeah. And so, like, every time I sit down to write, I know what, like, maybe this is one of the, one of the gifts and the curses if you understand how markets work. I know what people want. Right, sure, sure. right. I know exactly what they want. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Like, I love and, it. And so, and, so, and so what I'm saying is, though, but that not going to do it happens every single time. 
I'm working on like two or three things um, right now. I'm not going to talk about them because they're New York Times pieces. I know what people want me to say. Yeah, right. and I might get in the trouble for it. Y'all might not invite me back on the rabbi. No, after that's that. no, <laughs> but it's like, how, how do you, how do you decide to consistently be yourself? I think you have to be comfortable with saying, "I'm just going to have to take what God gives me through faithfulness." Yeah, right. And not that you shouldn't be strategic, but I can't be. I can't strategic my way out of authenticity. Right. right. Because that that just becomes miserable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I, and I, and and what I was trying to do and have watched the Promised Land is be is honest as possible. I love it, bro. And say like, I came to God in the con. So like, I'll put it in both of those. You have to be careful about what you say because people might read it. So in other words, when I say, <laughs> I came to God in the context True. of a family trauma. Mm -hmm. I came to God in the context of anti-black racism. I came to God in the context of poverty. I went into a secular academy. And the secular academy, as useful as it was, didn't have every answer that I needed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you start saying those things, and people say, well, oh, he said this. I don't mess with him for that. Uh, and so that's fine. Like, and it, even like when you talk about, uh, you know, the first chapter of Reading My Black, it's like, it goes through all the different communities that I entered. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And I say, I'm not staying here, 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 and here. Yeah. Yes. Well, all those communities buy books. Right, <laughs> right. That's right. True. <laughs> Very true. You know, I, I, I think there's this, um, I forget what he was talking about, but there's this Andy Minio line. He said, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's going to cost me some money for saying this uh, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 like, yeah. yeah, you did, probably. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, uh -huh. but you might as well acknowledge it so you can say, like... I think we need it, man. I think we need... I'm thinking about Freddie D., Frederick Douglass, in being the most photographed man of his time and why he refused to smile in the pictures. Right. And yeah. they're like, man, could, just, could you just... Could you just give us when, a... You, when you look good on camera. Yeah, like, man. You got nice teeth, man. Yeah, can you just show him? He's like, Is that, no. I feel like, I mean, y'all know y'all can't do stuff in the... But if we don't get a biography, a, bi a biopic for that brother... Man, I... It needs to be like... I don't know how we don't. It needs to be like three... It needs to be three of them. It needs yeah. to be a series. The, 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 yes. Yeah. Like the, like, escape section. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's right, that's right. The, like, abolitionist section. Yes. The post-war... Yeah, yeah, yeah. life section. Ha Haiti yeah. section. Uh-huh. Like, that yeah. brother... I, I have become convinced that he might be one of our great... Greatest Americans. Yeah. Yes. Like, I always say he's just my greatest American yeah. hero. He's I my, he's, my, he's yes. definitely yes. my yeah. hero, I'm just bro. Like, he's an American hero, bro. And, and, and maybe it's, it's funny because like just reading Frederick, he was so authentically himself. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And like, I know it's got to be, sorry, it's exhausting to be yourself when everybody's telling you to be something right. else. Yes. And there's a lot of benefit of being someone else. Yeah. And he's because like, you can do it. I, there's There was a lot more he could have earned, a lot more places he could have went. Yep. That speech that he gave about what is the, 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 the fourth to the Negro, we don't realize that the context of that was him giving this speech at this, this, this event that was being or, organized by these women who were actually mm -hmm. for liberation. Right. Yeah. But they did not want him to come do that. Right. Yeah. They wanted him to come and, and just acknowledge yeah. them yeah. Uh -huh. and the work they were doing yeah. right but don't go start talking about what well, we're off and right and, and the hypocrisy the of the hypocrisy nation that's right. happening right here in the north right here in your organization right, right. he did all of that uh, he spent the, uh, uh, the beginning of it was him praising the nation yeah, yeah. better than anyone ever uh, has right that's so true there's a fox news yeah okay no one has ever had a better take Got on it. how amazing and then the and you'd have been, you'd have been like yo freddie he is a patriot man, this dude is a patriot's patriot and then that mug feels like he burns it down and he burned the whole thing down <laughs> 
And they said that, I read, someone gave commentary on what, what people were feeling in the audience as they were listening to it. Again, these are allies in the audience. Uh-huh. They said that everyone started wiggling in their seats. Mm-hmm. Bro, there is- You need those moments, man. They, yeah. I forget which speech it is. We, this is the Frederick Douglass section of the podcast. Yeah, he needs- He, he there's, there's a speech that he gives, and I forget what, it, what the name of it was, yeah. but it was in the context of the unveiling of the Abraham Lincoln- uh, monument, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he comes for Lincoln. I was like, bro, no, Lincoln in the, in the yes, Lincoln yep. at, at the monument. Yep, <laughs> that'd be that'd, yep. be that'd be like um, you know, LeBron gonna get his monument. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. When like, like LeBron's getting his monument outside of L.A. and they come and say, you know what, MJ to go. Yeah, yeah. MJ is to go. I mean, MJ is all he's accomplished. Like, this is great that he has <laughs> MJ to go. Yeah, <laughs> people <you>. like wow. <laughs> you just really do you that. felt that in your soul. Like you had to get it off your chest. I think so I, true, I, 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 I think we need that, and I also think we need we need to see brothers that are and, and, and sisters that are modeling that, so that our so that I, I can draw courage in my moment because yeah. perhaps we're you know you, you you know folks in our audience right now might not be on a world stage, of course, but if you in your home, uh, in, in your at your job, yeah. you, you got to have these moments where you are willing to remind yourself and mm-hmm. others can that I t- you belong to God and not Can I tell else. you, like, somebody who, like, so I'm, I'm reading this book. I'm writing the book. And one of the books that, I, that was coming out at the time, I think I was endorsing it or I read it. Okay. Um, it was actually Truth Table's book. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, I think, I think a Kimini wrote a chapter on colorism or something. Yes, 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 uh-huh. yes. And I'm like, that's real. Yeah. Right. And I was so inspired by that chapter in particular that yeah. it inspired me to write better. Ooh, I love that. And to be authentic about the things that I was actually going yes, through. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. And I would say, like, the reason that's important is because you need people around you. I was like, man, I can't be less honest or less faithful than, like, these people. And, like, yeah. I I will say there are certain people, um, Women of Truth Table is one of them. There's certain Absolutely. people who I kind of say, you know what, we don't even kick it that much. Like, I've only been on a podcast, like, it's my second time. Second time, yeah. But we kick it because like, sure. I watch y'all. Sure. And I just say, even if I'm not, like, I'm not in y'all DMs, I'm not texting y'all, I'm not tagging y'all and everything, but I say, as long as those brothers down there in Tampa are, are doing their thing faithfully, yes, that encourages me to do my thing here. Yes. And every time I see someone who's authentically themselves, I just, it's not what you think, like, oh, Esau knows this. I watch y'all. I love yeah, that, man. Because I just, Thank like, you, I need it as... Like to say I ain't crazy. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I just like it encourages me when I look around and I see people who are themselves, who are comfortable in their own skin, yeah, who love the Lord, yeah, and who don't lose themselves. And we all lose ourselves, but lose themselves to find themselves over and over again mm-hmm. in the context of this. And that's encouraging. Amen, yeah. And so I feel like it's important to call it out. So when you talked about being authentic yourself, I said, Yep, that's exactly what I what I saw. I love it. I was reading Truth Table when I was working on my own book. I love it. Right. And actually, I, love I think it. I think. I could be wrong about this. The timeline is in my head. But Dangerous Jesus, I, I think I endorsed it when I was working on this book, too. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh-huh, um, yeah. And uh-huh. so I was like, okay. Yep. KB's over here doing his Jesus thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, gotta make sure we get that. And so, like, it, it, it's like... I think of us as like a team. Even I, we don't, I love even it. Even we don't even practice together. Yes. <laughs> like we, we're like, it's absolutely. Like, it's almost like you have those movies where even though we didn't have the initial gathering moment. Yeah. Like they all, like each chapter by a different person, you kind of follow. Oh God, see what they're doing over there. Okay, y'all keep it yes, going. Uh-huh. Yes. I just want to say thank y'all for that. that, that oh no, thank you, man. man we well, we draw, it, we do this. We we feel the same way about you, man. Yeah. Um, when we it, when we first came across, I don't know if I 
I think I came across you before reading Wild Black. Yeah. I, I think so. But when we read we reading Wild Black, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. I feel seen. Yes, we feel yes, seen. Yes, yes. We were doing Southside Rabbi at the time. Yes, That's yes. why we were like, we have to have Esau come on here yeah. because we felt like we're not crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. We were yes. like, oh, we're not crazy. Bro, yeah, it's it's, it's you know literally like a like it's like the Spider-Man meme of yeah. us all like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. We in this together, man. As the Lord is raising up just offering after offering of good, biblical, conscious, spirit-filled work, honest work from books and podcasts and songs and conferences and churches. I feel like God is, as I've been traveling around, there's almost like a a resurgence. You know, I yeah. remember after uh after I think it was World War, uh World War Two, where there was this boom of of Boys that were being born yeah, yeah. after the yeah. First, World, yeah, first yeah. World War II. So there was a, like all these, lost all these men in the war. Yeah. And all of a sudden, by God's sovereignty, boys started being born to, it was, that's where the boomers come from. It was yeah, a, yeah. these boom of, mm-hmm. of, of babies in response to the context or the situation the yeah. nation was, was in. It feels like there is a boom of good, godly, you know, and it's being resourced to right. uh, a biblical just work that is exactly what we need for the time to make up for a lot of the foolishness mm. that the church has endured over the the, the past seven years. No. And I am I feel as though we are com- comrades in that work, and it is happening. And as much as we can support whatever you are doing, yeah. as we are, we can only do what the the little bit that God has given us but you are giving us more than we can ever give you oh, in your you. work and we are we want to continue to partner in ways that uh that 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 build the kingdom and you know show our honor and love for one another anytime y'all need me to come back oh man um and next time I come I'll stay for a couple of days yes. for sure I promise yes. for sure um, also, before we get, is there anything you want to say about Grits, brother? Before we're uh, so we we we, we I, our I, brother I, Esau I, I, I need, is speaking need, of coming home. Our brother Esau, I, I, has I, come I, home. I need to address this. I think I was on a podcast three or four years ago, yes. and growing up as a kid, no one told. If you don't know better, how can you do better? Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. I just got. I, we used to get. We got grits, and so when I was a kid, we had those struggle cereals. So we put. Sugar in the cereal. Yep. I'm about grits. I just put sugar in the grits. That's how you did it, right? Uh-huh. Sugar in the cornflakes, sugar in the grits. Right. Didn't know any better. Yes. Nobody told That's me. Right. It's a broken, fallen the, world. The internet, right. the internet asked the question. I said, sugar on the grits? <laughs> what do I know? I come on a pot. Nobody knows. I got like 20 Twitter followers at this point. I'm, I'm living like this, free and happy. I'm living like yes. this. And just <laughs> unconfronted. Yeah. You confront me on a podcast. Uh-huh. And I get tagged for like years. Years. And at first, I'm hard-hearted, you know, because yeah. you don't, you don't want to... Like, you, you, you were pushing I'm, back at I'm first. Like, and I said, you know what? Let me... Actually, truth be told, my mother-in-law brought, came to my house. What? What? Made some grits and said, just eat this. Right. Wow. And she, I ate it. And I was like, you know how you just realize, like, you've been tripping? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, oh hey, you know what? Like, you, know, you, can't, yeah. you can't lie. Right, right. I, I remember um, that... I'm a huge LeBron fan. And... um. Sorry, this is a long way to answer that question. And I was listening to Jay-Z, and he said, every fourth quarter, I like to Mike Jordan them. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, Michael Lee is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't say that bar about LeBron. I was like, oh. No, you I, definitely could I, I, like, called my friend, who um, Justin Gibney. I was like, man. Uh-huh. I think Justin. it was Charlie. Charlie, it was one of them. I was like, man. 
I like LeBron, but that that was pretty hard. Point like Jordan. I was like, I knew exactly what he meant. So, anyways, that's how I felt when I had the um grits. I was like, man. They right. <laughs> I love it. I love it, bro. And so I and said, you it and then, on the and then, I, and then I, I'm, I'm writing in the New York Times, and I put in a line. I said, like we're talking about food and, and the new creation in heaven, uh-huh. and I said there'll be grits there, no sugar. Right. <laughs> Do you think anybody read that? No. I'm still catching strays to this day. I came at you after that. Yeah, I came back to you. He said, "Oh, he me." And it happened again. It happened again. It happened again. So you, I'm getting harassed. I'm sorry. I had to bro. leave Twitter Ooh. to go to Threads because of Grit Slander. Sorry, bro. Everybody else getting trolled. Y'all stop throwing strays. I'm over here on on Threads. We have to forgive, man. We have to forgive. We have to. Forgive. We have to practice forgiveness and grace. My That's first thread was like, "I like grits." So they just let me start. Start in a good place. I so, love, I love it, that you put in the New York Times article that the the redeemed form of grits is that that <laughs> ones never no have sugar. sugar in them. Yes, <laughs> sugar absolutely. will not be a hundred yards away I from grits. In the the but that's what I'm saying, though. People love your fall. Like what I said. <laughs> But nobody, nobody celebrated. Like, like you know, you know, right. they said the Bible. There's, there's joy in heaven. Yes. No joy on earth. No, bro. Like, you should have never had that sugar in your grits. Like, you should have never done that. Hey, like, bro, no, what you want me to be? Oh, my God. Okay, internet, I'm yeah. sorry. Leave me alone. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Leave me alone. Forgive him. The uh, prodigal son has returned. Hey, we got to put, it's about three to five business days on forgiveness. So we'll there see. we go. <laughs> we'll see, see how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes, this has been Southside Rabbi Esau McCulley. Make sure you get. And we'll have the link. How far to the promised land? We will have the link in the notes. Also, make sure you check out all of the wonderful pieces that he is writing for New York Times. Yes. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We love y'all. A me and the dream. K did a second letter. Peace. I was thinking about this day. I was listening to my music. Uh-huh, I was uh-huh. listening to it. Got the new KB album. Uh-huh. Favorite, well, favorite song on it. I can't even say favorite song. It's like five of them that I like. <laughs> I love but that. Keep, no, like I, like, I keep finding them. The current one is Daddy, but we'll leave that to the side. Uh-huh. Um, but I was listening to King Jesus. Yeah. I'm just bopping to the song. He get to this bar, bothers me every time. <laughs> He said, how are we this free with a head full of locks? Right. And I, yeah. I, I rubbed my head <laughs> and hit pause. I had to walk away, man. I like couldn't worship. That was offensive. I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't co sign it. You know what I mean? He said, how are we this he free? He said, I feel excluded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why is he doing like, that? With King Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in them. I'm like, as long as we got King Jesus, like we got all of the stuff together. And then he said, "How we this? How we this free? We free with a head full of." And then I I just like, you know how you you got to hit pause and just walk outside and think about stuff.